If you love Imagineer Podcast, you should definitely consider joining Imagineer Society, which you can learn more about by going to patreon.com slash Imagineer Podcast. Patreon, by the way, is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Imagineer Society is an amazing group of supporters who know who you all are, who help to support the show financially and in return get exclusive perks and benefits, including things like access to a private Facebook group and my close friends list on Instagram, monthly live Q&As just for Imagineer Society members, early access to every podcast episode along with my podcast production notes, bonus podcast episodes, and so much more. And it all starts at literally just $1 a month, which is only $12 a year. Of course, the more you're able to contribute, the more benefits you get with your membership, but it all goes to help to support the show and helps us to deliver a better podcast experience for you. So again, you can learn all about it by going to patreon.com slash podcast. And thanks as always to all of our Imagineer Society members. And welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and you're listening to episode 83 of the Imagineer Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be answering a question that I receive quite often and is a topic that is requested very frequently throughout the history of this show, and that is to talk all about Disney Vacation Club. What is it? How does it work? Is it worth purchasing? And is it the right investment for you and your family? It is a very complicated topic, and I can tell you that as someone who used to work at Disney Vacation Club as a cast member. And I also know that to really dive into this discussion, I had to bring on a guest who knows a thing or two about this subject. And so our guest on the podcast today is Chad Pennycuff, who is the host of the My DVC Points podcast community. We discuss all about Disney Vacation Club. Again, what exactly is it? How does it work? What are the things that you should consider? And because it is a very serious investment, I wanted to make sure to discuss not only the pros and the reasons why you should consider buying Disney Vacation Club, but also some of the considerations or cautions you should think about before making this decision. Chad and I both feel that Disney Vacation Club is a worthwhile investment, and I'm very excited to share some of the information that we have about this subject with all of you. At the end of the show, I'll come back and share a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all your favorite social media channels and how you can help to inspire and create the future of this show. So 
Grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer Podcast. So throughout the existence of this podcast, one of the questions I have received time and time again is, is it worth getting Disney Vacation Club? And there were a lot of questions that are attached to that, including, first of all, what is Disney Vacation Club and how does it work? And there's just so many questions to answer. So I thought it would be worth devoting an episode to this subject and I felt that there was no better person to bring onto the show than someone who devotes an entire podcast community to this subject, and that is Chad Pennycuff from the My DVC Points podcast. So welcome to the show, Chad. Oh, thanks for having me, Matthew. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited as well. I, I know I've uh, been on your, you know, a part of your community before, and it's been a lot of fun to to, to participate in uh, the, the trivia night that we did. And uh, I, I love how your community is just truly this group of enthusiastic Disney, you know, support of Disney Vacation Club members. And I know your listeners are, are also, in some cases, uh, aspiring Disney Vacation Club members. So again, I thought it was just perfect to, uh, to bring you onto the show. Yeah, well, I tell everybody we are an awesome DVC member community. And that community includes members. It includes prospective members and people who serve the community as a business as well so we are a community of people and we're pretty dedicated disney fans i mean we've got 10 15 20 30 thousand dollars or more tied up in real estate purchase you know, at disney so yeah. got a lot of skin in the game that's true it's it's uh it's a definitely an enthusiastic group a very you know, core Disney fan group. Uh, I, I always love chatting with Disney Vacation Club members. Um, I, I will say that, and I think uh, people have asked me before, if I own Disney Vacation Club, I don't yet, is the, the caveat I always throw in there. I would, um, I'm aspiring to it someday. Um, but uh, I did previously work at Disney Vacation Club, so that's the lens I, I'd like to I would like to bring to this conversation and will bring to this conversation. But of course, you know, Chad, before we get into some of these questions, I'd love for the listeners to know a little bit more about your, I'll call it your Disney Vacation Club journey, you know, how long you've been a member, what what made you decide to join, and I guess even attached to that, what influenced you to start your podcast? Okay. Well, I'm one of those people who has been sitting on the fence for like 15 years before <laughs> joining. Okay. Everything from like the early 90s when we were going to Disney and this was pretty new, we started looking at it and I always kind of was fascinated by timeshares, but I was just kind of hesitant because you hear so much bad stuff about it. 
And so we would go back in and I think the last time I went on a tour when I was on property, they were like, oh, you again. You were here in this, 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 this. And I was just like going, wow, you guys database all of that. Yeah. <laughs> so we were the people that were like eternal researchers and on the fence. And then I went through like a, a life transformation myself where I lost about 150 pounds. Okay. Just complete dedication to becoming a better dad and a better person and, and taking care of myself. And through that process, uh, one of these days I bought a treadmill and my wife looked at how much I paid for that. And she's just like, well, if you can afford a treadmill, you can afford for me to go to Disney. And I thought about it for a while. I was like, well, let me think about it. And, and, and I did. And I looked at it and went with everything that I went through and me wanting to go out and be more active and go do things with the kids. I looked at this and I said no to the girls trip to Disney but I said yes to let's just finally pull the trigger on this vacation club stuff. And she was a little mad because all she heard was the no at first. And then <laughs> when she realized, wait a minute, there's 50 years ago into Disney, you just said yes to. That's right. <laughs> when that clicked in, it was happy wife, happy life. Okay. <laughs> well, that's very smart. I uh, absolutely love that philosophy i think it's a great way to to uh to live um and we'll we'll also you know happy happy wife happy husband is sort of an unofficial slogan to that too uh so where did you end up uh first purchasing like what was your first home resort well we because we had waited so long to do this and we had gotten ourselves in that time frame in a pretty solid financial position when we bought in we bought in like i think five resale contracts at once we got a couple at bay lake and then saratoga and then by the time i was done with it i really wanted a beach club so that's where we ended up buying in first that's incredible. I love all those resorts, and it gives me an idea of about when you purchased it as well. And um, I, I guess alongside that, then going back to a previous question, what influenced you to start your podcast? Well, through this process of, of researching, I started to realize that we had a lot of questions that helped get us over the fence. And it wasn't until my wife said, Hey, look, my mom has a coworker who's been a Disney Vacation Club member since 2000-ish, and she absolutely loves it. Let's call her and get some really truthful answers because let's just face it. We live in a world where you guys that do marketing for a living, Matthew, you're really good at what you do, okay? And you really get to this point where you go, I want to hear an authentic story. And I started to realize not only did we need this authentic story to help us get past the edge, as I started looking around in all of these DVC Facebook groups, I kind of looked at it and I went, wow, everybody else is looking for a Sue the way that we had a Sue, okay? Because Sue was the lady's name who kind of mentored us through this process. And I looked at this and I went, well, if all of these people are looking for a Sue, why don't I create a podcast and put Sue on tape? so that we can have a podcast of people like Sue mentoring other people through this process. That's kind of what came about with the podcast. And so I looked at this need in the market in the DVC space, because it's a pretty complicated product. And I looked at how members can help members. And 
it's not like a sales deal because you're talking with another family, okay, that has no vested interest in this. And I looked at it and I went, I could probably make a podcast on this and it would it would probably hit home with a lot of people. Sure enough, it has. Yeah, I I definitely have gotten that sense, again, sort of being a, a part in the community and sort of this fly on the wall, <laughs> just, uh, again, not being a DVC member myself, but knowing a bit about it. And I, I love the idea, too. You're right. As marketing professionals, we try our best to package these products and make them uh, really communicate the value to the customer uh, about what it is that that product can do for them. In the case of Disney Vacation Club, it's, well, what, 50 years of owning a you know a sort of piece of the magic can do for you and your family it's different coming from that person as you mentioned who doesn't have a vested interest in whether or not you buy and in most cases i have seen there's always going to be people who are unhappy with the purchase but i find that it's it's hard to find those folks with disney vacation club um certainly not to the extent that you've seen with uh, and i've seen with other timeshares that are out there which i think begs the question of you know what exactly is disney vacation club i I know that it's obvious to a lot of people that it is timeshare and it's it's at the same time kind of different than most timeshares of course traditionally when people especially um you know folks who have have been around for a while who talk talk about timeshare they think of you buy uh, you know one week maybe the 4th of July week or weekends and uh you know property you're getting the same room the same the same property year after year after year taking the same vacation over and over again um and of course save money by sort of purchasing up, up front how do you describe Disney Vacation Club as a you know, sort of vacation ownership program, as I know how it's described usually. Yeah, well, when Disney invented this, they came back into this and kind of reinvented the timeshare, okay? Because it was that fixed week where you were locked in, and they looked at this fractional ownership interest, and they said, well, why don't we create a points economy where instead of you owning this week in this unit, you own X amount of points, And if you look at a DVC point chart, what they do is they come back in and they'll take that one room, they'll figure out how many points it is per night for the entire year, and then they'll add up all the resorts, they'll add up all the rooms in the resorts and say, okay, we have 2 million points to sell at this resort. And then if you buy 250 points or 100 points or however many you buy, you can use those points towards booking a room. So it's kind of a the same timeshare deal, but it has quite a bit more flexibility built into it. Yeah, it really does. And I know we want to we're going to definitely have to talk about the point system a bit because that's something that often uh, can confuse people or it's it's unfamiliar to a lot of folks who are especially looking at something like this for the first time. I love the fact that you use the word flexibility. That's sort of one of the when I work there, one of the core pillars of Disney Vacation Club is is that exact word flexibility um <clears throat> you know having the ability to to choose how you want a vacation when you want a vacation where you want a vacation and knowing that it's going to change over time year year by year uh especially if considering the fact that a, the length of a contract a new contract which is the vacation club is 50 years it's a long time and your your needs are going to change over and your vacation wants are going to change over that period of time um 
And so let's talk a little bit about the, that whole point concept. Uh, you know, you mentioned the fact that obviously each room is is worth a certain number of points. They sort of tally that up to figure out uh, you know, how many how many points you can it would be worth to stay at one resort or another. Um, can you talk a little bit more or just explain a little bit more about, I guess, how many points someone should consider purchasing? Because that's something that is a little hard to sort of wrap your head around. Yeah, so it really does depend on how often you want to go and where you want to stay when you go. Because believe it or not, you've got everything from Saratoga and Old Key West, which are pretty cheap on the points charts, all the way up to the Grand Flow, which would be 50-60% more points than those cheaper options. And so it really does depend on how often you want to go and when you want to go, because there's seven seasons now in the Vacation Club, and it can start as low as six points a night for a studio in January at Hilton Head, which I know what you're thinking. Who wants to be in Hilton Head in January? <laughs> and not a lot of people. That's why it's that, that cheap. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> They're trying to rope you into that, okay? All the way up to, you know, over 200 points a night for some of the bungalows and the grand villas and, and things along those lines, okay? So there's a wide variety. So it really depends on when you go and where you want to stay. But the best advice that I heard, okay, and this came from a cast member named Dave, works out at Disneyland. He works at the Grand California. Come to find out, Dave was an original Old Key West member. He's worked for Disney for 30 years now. And he goes, Chad, this is what I always tell people. Buy as many points as you can reasonably afford at the time. And I was like, that is some brilliant advice because add-on-itis hits and we always want more points, okay? I want to add on more points, more points, more points, okay? So I think that's a really great piece of advice to buy what you can reasonably afford when you make your purchase. That is a good piece of advice. I, you know, the, the good thing about the point system, too, which we probably should have talked about even earlier, is, that, you know, you talk about Hilton Head being six points a night in January for a studio. And, of course, the bigger the room or if you go to more peak time of year, it's going to be worth more points. When I started training at Disney Vacation Club, they explained a little bit more about the concept of the point system and how buying a Disney Vacation Club membership is essentially buying against inflation for your vacations over the next 50 years. And to put it into context, they had shared, and this was back in 2014, that if you had purchased Disney Vacation Club back when Walt Disney World opened in 1971, and you had purchased it, you know, what, of course, it wasn't around then, but if contemporary Disney's Contemporary Resort had a timeshare option back then or a DVC member option back then, uh, you'd still be in, in some way taking out of the picture annual dues. Um, you know, your point value would be the equivalent of $23 a night that you would still be paying to stay at the Contemporary, which, as you know, it's several hundred a night <laughs> to start to stay there. Um, and the total point value on any given resort's point sheet has to stay the same. Um, if you tally up the number of nights, the the number of rooms, the the total 
you know, that total point value for the whole for the whole year um, has to stay the same from one year to the next. They can move around what the peak season's going to be, or uh, you know, if there's going to be. <clears throat> more peak days or off peak days, however they decide to, to move it from year to year. But I love the idea of you're, you're almost paying for the resort now, you know, what it costs to stay there now. And in 50 years from now, that's still the amount you're going to be paying. And it's just going to be in the form of paying that upfront cost of your membership plus, uh, plus the annual dues. And of course, those can create and can increase a little bit each year. But uh, I love uh, I love giving that people giving people that sort of context to know that when you're purchasing a, a point or a certain number of points, you're you're basically purchasing a um, you know a, against inflation a, a little bit with that particular resort. There is a little bit of that in there. Okay, I look at this and I go, man, the dues go up faster than inflation. Okay, we're talking three to four percent a year, where inflation's been one and a half two percent. So you're still going to pay more, okay? Let's just – I don't even have that argument with anybody anymore. I just come back in and I go, it's a great thing to do. And if you buy in today and you hold on to it for 7 to 10 years, you will have gotten your money out of it. And I actually created an app that will compare rack rate today versus points. So you can start to estimate when you would break even on this. And that's how I kind of – gracefully handle that conversation because I don't really buy into the whole um, inflation argument there. And the reason why I don't, Matthew, is the dues go up and they go up significantly. You know, when it's double the rate of inflation, I can't honestly tell a consumer, hey, look, I'm going to inflation proof this. And this is where it comes into, I told you, my perspective of a real life member versus somebody who's, you know, presenting a marketing story. That's true. It's, Glad you mentioned that too. Right? It, it's like that is one of the sales stories that's there. But I also want to come back in and we have you know, respectful conversations here. We're always respectful. And we have authentic conversations as well, which means like if we disagree with Disney or we don't have a, a something that we quite see eye to eye on, we're still very respectful to them, to the cast members, to everybody else. It's a core value of our community. And that's partly why people, when they find us, they go, wow, you guys really are genuine, true, and authentic. And we can kind of believe what you guys tell us because you come into this and look at all sides of the matter. Okay. So I look at it and I go, what you're doing is you're buying into a vacation club and you're going to be able to stay in a deluxe resort for roughly the cost that you would pay to stay in a moderate or a high-end value, okay? I still say, and other people disagree with me, but I still say if you're one of those people who go out there and shop Disney's bargain discount deals, you will probably come ahead staying in the value on just a number of... When you compare out the amount of money you're spending, I don't think we can quite hang with that. I will come back in and say, if you start comparing it to deluxe resorts, it's a no-brainer. But I'll also tell you as well, you can spend about what you were paying for a value and move all the way up to a deluxe with the vacation club. That's kind of my financial analysis on it. And I have an MBA in financial planning, so I, I, I tend to nerd out on this stuff. We can trust you on your, your, uh, your number crunching for sure. Yeah, I mean, just go download the app because the app will start showing you what rack rate is today. 
and you can start to come back in and go, okay, well, this vacation saves me $3,000 off rack rate. And if I have 15000 into my membership, I'll do the math there and that'll tell you how many years it'll take you to somewhat break even. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's good again that you brought up the whole uh, argument against proof against, infl- uh, against inflation, which is a, is a good thing to know. At the same time, while the annual dues have been going up, I, I think if you look at the price of rack rate over the last several oh, years, it's, yeah, it's also <laughs> gone up quite a bit. I remember going to Disney and, it, you know, short of any cast member discounts, staying at Pop Century for 100, 125 a night. And now you go and look and it's sometimes double that to stay at, to stay at Pop Century. And, uh, I mean, it's definitely it, it. It often costs quite a bit to to take a trip to Disney, um, and uh, I love the idea that if you invest in Disney Vacation Club, you can be paying just about as much over time, um, but staying at to your point a deluxe accommodation as opposed to a value accommodation, and right there is a value in itself. Aside, that's my yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. That's just my preferred way of, of, of stating that value there. I think it's a little bit safer to do it, but we definitely know the cost of the poly, which is what you normally hear today's guides come back in and start quoting. The cost of the poly was this, you know, way back then, and now it's $600 a night. And when you look at it and you do a, a calculation out at the poly, the poly is one of the greatest values for your points out there. That and Alani, Okay. <laughs> When you, when you start comparing them to rack rates. For sure. I guess, what are some of the other perks of joining Disney Vacation Club aside from the the financial benefits or the the, the fact that, again, you can, you can sort of upgrade your room type uh, for the next 50 years? What are some of the other benefits or perks that, that uh, convince people to purchase Disney Vacation Club or make them happy with their membership? I think the number one perk out there is this awesome member community. Okay. When you start to realize that there's a bunch of people out there like you who love Disney, who go regularly, some of us three, four, five, six, seven, eight times a year. Some of us have to travel. Like I live in Michigan and since joining the vacation club, I'm probably there six times a year, almost every other month. But that's because I, you know, put out Hawk deals and find $39 $39 round trip airfares and everything I can do to pinch a penny. And I'm also going down there to, to meet listeners and friends and network and, and hang out with the community as well. So, but you'll find that the community is really strong and that's what I think the number one perk is. And that doesn't matter if you're resale or you're direct, you're still part of the community. Okay. And then there are some perks. If you buy the hundred point minimum today, that you can get such as discounted annual passes. They'll knock off a couple hundred bucks off of an annual pass. You can buy what's it's a DVC member pass, but it's the equivalent of the Florida gold pass for Florida residents. And so that's one of the great savings that's there. There's a 20% merch discount with your blue card. And if you don't know, a blue card is what you get when you buy from Disney direct. And you'll hear everybody in the community talk about blue card discounts. And because if you're resale only, you get a digital card that's white. And so that's when you hear the white versus blue card, that's what's going on there. So you get the annual pass discount. Um, A lot of times you'll get 10% off food at a lot of places, which, again, that's nice to have. 
there's various other discounts that are out there that you can find. Um, my friend Micah from mouseperks.com has a great site that outlines them all. If you really want to know what the discounts are, he'll tell you what the discounts are for annual pass, DVC, Visa, and for the like the Disney Visa card. And he'll break all that down for you if you're, you really want the discounts there. And then the other really, 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 really cool thing that DVC does, and most timeshares will give somebody like free tar- park tickets. Most timeshares will give somebody free park tickets like Disney for a day if you sit through their timeshare pitch. And they use that as a sales deal. DVC kind of flips that script and they take all of that marketing budget and opposed to giving prospective buyers uh, a free day at a theme park, they'll rent out the entire theme park 12, 14 nights a year and make it available to members. We don't pay anything for it. And then when you show up, you not only get free entrance into the park that day, as a DVC member, you can get in a few hours early before the the, uh, event as well. So you can get some normal park time in there. You get the private party park time in there. And then they're usually giving you like a $15 voucher to buy food with that night as well. So to me, that's the coolest perks out there, the annual pass discount and the Moonlight Magic events. Amazing perks. I know there's also the member lounges at the parks as well for just a regular yes. day. Yeah, Epcot has a lounge. It's open from like, I want to say 8 or 9 a.m. till 6. Usually with me, it's about 5.45 and I'm on the other side of the park when I go, hmm, can I make it to the Epcot lounge in 15 minutes? <laughs> and usually if you if you pace it right, you can. <laughs> yeah, I can um, usually sneak in there. Yeah, okay. I, I love uh, I've been to I've been to the Epcot member lounge and it is uh, quite a just a great place to uh, sort of unwind kick back. I love the the free uh, fountain drinks there. Um, the cool air conditioning, especially in the middle of the summer. It's a great place to go. <clears throat> I guess, you know, one of the things that so there's obviously a lot of perks and we, we spoke about quite a few of them. But the other thing that comes into the equation is who would sort of be right to buy into Disney Vacation Club as, I'll, I'll tell you the perspective, which I'm sure you've heard from the from Disney directly, is if you typically vacation at Disney, specifically Walt Disney World and even Disneyland, uh, at least once a year, you're sort of a, a prime candidate to be a Disney Vacation Club member. Um, and it could go as little as once every three years because of banking and borrowing, but really the value comes more into play once a year. What's your take from uh, being a member and from your community's perspective as to maybe not the minimum number of trips it takes, but who who's sort of that minimum candidate <laughs> that would cross the line from just I'm going to pay for my Disney vacation clubs as I go, or sorry, my Disney vacations as I go to, well, maybe I should consider actually investing in Disney vacation club. I think they're right on the money with the once a year mark. I don't like recommending it to people who go less than that because then you get into the rules of banking and borrowing and points that expire. And there's a a little bit of gotchas there, but if you're consistently going at least once a year, then the vacation club really starts to make sense. When you start to, to unpack the numbers on it and what am I paying and what am I getting 
And then you can look at the direct versus resale. And obviously resale, you're paying a little bit less for your membership because you're buying it from another member. And your return on investment is that much faster because you've got less to cover. Makes sense. Let's talk about that a little bit too, because I feel like that's a huge question. Do you recommend for someone, I know it's a different story when you're adding on points or, or a, sec, a second time Disney Vacation Club uh, buyer, but or third or fourth. But if you're a first time member, you haven't, you know, you have no Disney Vacation Club points in your portfolio and you're looking to start out for the first time, do you recommend that people go directly through Disney or through resale? Yeah, to me, it's one of those situations that my recommendation is that people do their research, they understand what they're buying, and they make an informed and educated decision, okay? Resale is a great option for a lot of people, okay? Direct is a great option for a lot of people. I own both. I know a ton of members that own both. And so, again, it gets into that, what's the value of that blue card worth to you? And if you're going to pay $5,000 more to get a blue card, you've got to make that back somehow in terms of annual passes and free parties and 20% discounts. I'm fairly convinced that you can do that with the 100-point minimum that you need to buy. So if you're interested in a blue card, I would seriously look at buying that just to get the blue card. And then going and buying the rest of your points in resale, that was kind of the strategy that Laura and I started with. And then I looked at it a little bit more and more as I got into the club, I realized I wanted to maybe do one of those member cruises one day, but you can't use your resale points for to do that. So we ended up buying on some more direct points later as well. But um, it's, a, it's a decision that people have to make. And you know, people will often say that I'm guided or slanted in one way or the other, and I'm not, okay? Uh, I really, and it's a divisive topic in the community, okay? There are people out there that are like direct only, and there are people out there that are resale only, and then there's the hybrid people like myself. There's a lot of debate out there on it, and I just say join the debate, hear the arguments on both sides, and make an informed, educated decision on what's best for your family, and we'll be friends either way. That's a fair argument. I think for people who are interested in that discussion, they should definitely look into your community because that's a great place to go. Do you recommend any other places where people can do their research? You know, one of the greatest sites out there is my friend Russ, who does DVC Info, and then DVC News has got a lot of really great articles as well. And I like DVC News for the current day news articles. And then Russ's site has just got a history behind it in detailed information. Some of the most helpful stuff out there is he does a room inventory chart. So if you're trying to figure out what's in a resort and how many rooms are available, he'll lay it all out there for you. Everything from square foots to the beds that are in each resort, how many of them there are. So there's some really, really, really great information on both of those sites it is my primarily go-to places. And I'm trying to beef up the MyDVCPoints.com site as well. Right now, I'm just creating live shows and podcasts, but we're working on the website slowly. 
That's great. Well, I'll make sure to link people to those places too so they can check it out. So if you're listening and you want to check it out now as you're listening to the podcast, just take a look in the description of the episode and I'll link you to some of those places. I'm curious to also get your take on a subject I haven't heard too too many members talk about. Again, I haven't really been that active specifically within the the DVC member community, but that's the idea of trading in your points because I find that one of the things that Disney will talk about in the the sales pitch for Disney Vacation Club is that you can use your points at Disney Vacation Club resorts, and that's going to be the best bang for your buck and sort of what you're buying into, but that you can also trade in your points through RCI to all of these locations around the world. If you want to take a trip to to Paris, you can use your points and travel to Paris, or you can use your points and take a, a trip to to Asia, you know, go see Tokyo Disney. You can do a number of different things with your points. And then there's even the Adventures by Disney end of it, which I, I've seen is, is a very uh, expensive side of the point chart. But what have you have you personally used your points through that uh, through that program, or have you heard stories of other members who have done something like that? Well, I I know a lot of people who have, and again, it's another classic debate in the community. Okay, and the the debate really comes down to this. Okay, if you go to trade in your vacation club points to go on a cruise or an adventure by Disney. Disney's going to essentially give you back around $7.30 per point. Okay, and you're thinking, well, that's pretty great. Well, if you own at Hilton Head or Vero, your dues are $9 or $10 per point. If you own an Animal Kingdom, you're more than, it's like $7.60 something, $7.80 something. And so a lot of the times they're not even giving you your dues money back on those points but you've also got the initial cost of the points. Like when you gave DVC that 20 grand right up front was to buy the points, that's gone, okay? <laughs> so most members look at this and they go, man, that's not that great of a deal, okay? Now there are other people like my mentor, Sue, who came into this and she's like, Chad, I know it's not that great of a deal, but I'm at a spot in my life where um, we had to cancel two vacations in a row. So we had a bunch of DVC points that were sitting there and my husband was fighting cancer and I didn't want to go through the rental stores or any of the hassle. I have had enough hassle in my life the last couple of years and I just wanted quick, easy, convenient, get us on the cruise. And DVC did that for us. So it's like, I really respect Sue's story and her perspective there. And I can't say that I would do that, but I'm not a person who's been through what she's been through, okay? So my advice to everybody is, again, make an informed, educated decision about what's best for your family and we'll be friends because I can see value both sides of it. There's value in the convenience of it and there's value in the, well, wait a minute, I know for a fact Sue owns Beach Club And there's people lined up a mile long that want to rent her beach club points over at one of my sponsors, DVC rental store. I mean, and, and he's going to pay you $16 a point, which is more than double for what Disney's paying you. So 16 sounds a whole lot better than seven (laughs) 30. Again, I see both sides of the argument, right? 
Yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, <clears throat> and of course, it depends on on uh, your individual circumstances. And I think that that also kind of brings up a point that I've seen. I've heard people ask about in the past, and I I had sort of uh, before this episode asked asked the listeners if they had any specific uh, questions, and this one didn't come up. But I've seen it come up in the past, and that's this sort of. I think fear that goes along with timeshare. Timeshare is a a word that gets thrown around and usually doesn't have too many positive connotations. And part of that is because of the sales process. And I've been through the sales process with timeshare, a traditional timeshare. It was a nightmare. The sales process is so sleazy. It's just awful. And I've also been through the sales process directly with Disney. It is the most refreshing sales process i have personally been through they literally share information and you know if you decide it's not right for you they say all right well let's walk into the exit get you some free ice cream here's my card here's a a, you know a free sort of dvc tote bag if you have questions let me know if you change your mind let me know and that's kind of the end of the conversation as opposed to again with other timeshares you can be sort of bullied into into signing a contract um but the other side of it is the the exit and i think that you know, there are some timeshares where you will sort of be like a lifelong member and that could even be passed down and it could be a curse or a blessing to have that. And it's the same thing with Disney Vacation Club being 50 years. Maybe it's not enough time, but it also gives you this end date that that's when the contract's going to end. But some people I find have to, because of life circumstances, potentially, you know, consider canceling their membership or, or selling their membership. Have you yeah, heard so- stories of that? Yes. So let's just be brutally honest here. Okay. And what the industry insiders aren't telling you is the average member stays in their membership for seven to eight years. Okay. If, if a hundred people buy into DVC today, eight years from today, 50% of them have sold. Okay. Wow. That number doesn't get talked about in any of the sales process. Oh, they talk not. about handing it <laughs> off to your to you, to the next generation. They talk about, you know, the 50-year deed. They talk about this lifetime of me- vacations you'll never outgrow. But the reality of it is, is that's kind of the industry's secret, okay? So I look at that and I go, well, I did some really bad investing way back in my early 20s, and I bought something called a real estate investment trust. I'm not going to go into a bunch of it, uh, but it's really hard to get out of those. It's really hard to find another buyer. So since getting burned on that before I do anything, I'm a person that looks at the exit strategy and how I'm how am I going to get out of this, right? For example, that's why I buy a Honda Accord or a Subaru or something that has a really high resale value because I know the exit strategy is really, really good, okay? When you start talking DVC, you are automatically talking the world-class leader in exit strategy, okay? (laughs) There are people lined up waiting to buy contracts. 90% of the time that, that I've been a member for the last three, four years, it has been a seller's market, okay? And when you talk with the people over at like DVC Resale Market, they can't get enough listings. They're always begging for more listings because they've got buyers lined up, okay? And so that's an important thing to know here. 
And I would tell everybody, go look at the history of the prices for what people have paid for it. And then if they hold it that seven, eight years, what they're selling it for. There's a pretty strong track record on the traditional contracts that are out there, Matthew, for it not for it being a pretty wise thing. Okay. Cause, cause my strategy in this was knowing what I know about the 50% exit rate, I'm going to buy something, use it for seven, eight years, and then I want to get my money back out of it. And if you take that perspective and you run that financial analysis on it, DVC is a smoking good deal. Because chances are you could sell this later for what you paid for it or slightly more. An example is I paid $105 for my beach club contract resale about four years ago. It's selling for $150 now. Wow. The math doesn't make sense, okay, because (laughs) I've used four years of points off of this contract, okay? And the demand for Beach Club is so high because of Stormalong Bay and it's the shortest stumble home from Epcot Food and Wine. (laughs) That's so true. Right? That the demand is so high, people are willing to pay it. My Saratoga contract, I, I paid... I think $85 a point for, okay? And that was a 225-point contract. I've kept it for four years. So you do the math on that. I've used 900 points off of that contract. I could sell it today for $100 a point. Wow. Okay? So it wouldn't give me back all of my dues money, but it would do a long ways for that. Now let's start comparing that to what you paid over at Art of Animation that you paid every year and you've got nothing for and there's no exit strategy to, to it because your exit strategy was you check out, you go home. Right. You, pay the, you pay the visa bill when it comes, okay? <laughs> when you start doing that kind of a math and when it clicked into my financial brain, that math right there, that's when I went, okay, this becomes a no-brainer. I'm going to get past... I, I was one of the people I couldn't get past the 50-year deeds because I was comparing this to like a Marriott timeshare that are in perpetual, that are in pepper. Uh, I'm going to mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go, Matthew. Perpetuity. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I was comparing it to that and I'm going, wow, the Disney contracts are more expensive than Marriott's. And then at the end of 50 years, you give back this pristine resort to Disney. How is that right? And once I got past that, and I started to say, okay, hey, look, I'm going to have a mindset of I'm going to come back in. I'm going to ride this out for a few years. And then I'm going to, you know, either pass it on or do do us resell it or give it away or do something with it. That's when the the whole financial model of DVC really started to click for me. Okay. But it wasn't until I got past that and I got to the point where I was like, wait a minute, this is a quality product. When I look at this and I go, the resale market is booming on this product. Even now, in the middle of this COVID recession, EBC resale market had their top two sales months in a row during this middle of this COVID deal. Amazing. The only thing we can figure out is people are so tired of being cooped up in their house, <laughs> buying DVC to plan for a future vacation. That's right. That could That's be true. That's the only thing we can figure out, okay? Because... You know, you've got job losses, you've got income losses, you've got buyers coming back in thinking they're going to lowball people that are, I'm going to get me a deal on a contract. And the reality of it is, is we had a little bit of a buyer's market right at the very tip of it 
but it's now into a full-blown seller's market over there. Amazing. It's a testament to the, and definitely the strength of the brand and the product for sure. It is because let's just, let's just, let's take that comment as well. It's the strength of the brand. This is the only timeshare that has the word Disney on it. That's true. Okay. I mean, you look at any of the other timeshares in Orlando and you're off property, which again, a lot of people stay off property. I'm not knocking that. Okay. But they're off property and seven years later, you get ready to sell your timeshare and it's worth nothing. You can't give the thing away. And the reason why is they're always draining another swamp in Orlando and popping up another timeshare. <laughs> That's true. Right? Popping well, at Disney, everywhere. they're kind of out of space for this, okay? They're having to get really creative as to where they're going to be putting the next couple of resorts. They already had to go into the Poly Resort and convert three of the longhouses. They converted half of Wilderness Lodge for Copper Creek. They had to tear down some of Caribbean Beach to build Riviera. So... It's limited options here. Very true. Very, very true. That real estate is is prime real estate for timeshare. Uh, you just, you brought up Riviera, so I feel like we have to talk about it a bit since it is uh, the first resort to have a shift in, in the resale uh, aspect of the contract. Um, I guess, can you talk a little bit about what that shift was and your perception on the value of of purchasing at Disney's Riviera Resort. Yeah, so let's first frame this conversation. And we've already talked about the hot resale market and the great exit strategy you have as a member. Okay. So the product is so strong that Disney was running into a problem trying to sell their brand new resorts. Because the, the resale value of their old product was so strong that they had to look at this and they went, wait a minute, well, let's come back in and, and take away the annual pass discounts from people as to encourage them to buy direct. So let's take away the ability to swap into a cruise if I go back through time in 2011. They said, okay, if you bought resale, you can't swap into cruises anymore. You can't swap into concierge collection, which is their hotels. And the resale market looked at this and went, the product is so incredibly strong, we don't care, we're buying resale, life goes on. 2016 rolls around. They come in and they take away the annual pass discounts, they take away the merch discounts, they take away their party access, and the resale market looks at this and goes, we don't care, the core product is so incredibly strong, <laughs> right? Didn't phase it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So now 2019 rolls around and Disney goes, okay, we kind of heard what you're saying here. The core product is so incredibly strong when it hits resale, it's time for us to cripple the core product. And that's exactly what they did here. They came back in and said, Matthew, if you were to buy a resale contract for Riviera, the only resort you can stay at going forward as a new buyer is Riviera. Now, if you bought it direct from Disney, you can still go anywhere in the network with your points. But if you bought Riviera Resale, the only place you can go is resale, and that rule will be moving forward. So if you buy the new Reflections, if that ends up happening, which I think eventually it will, 
But if you buy that resort resale, you can only stay at that resort. You buy the new Disneyland Tower, which I can't wait for that thing to go on sale. That's amazing. Yeah. Right? You buy that, you can only stay at Disneyland Tower. And I think the market is going to come back and say, so what? Who cares? Because there's only two DVC resorts there. (laughs) Right. And you're in Anaheim. There's no swamp to drain and pop up another timeshare. Very true. And if you look at the historical resale value of Grand Cal, okay, which is 230-something a point now, and... Well, wait a minute. Riviera is 195 a point, but resale Grand Cal with only 40 years left is going for 230 with restrictions. That's how hot that property is. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a fear in the world about buying Disneyland Tower and what it's going to do on resale. I know it's going to hold its value. I know it's going to do great just based on the history and the performance of Grand Cal. So anyways, that's what happened here is they've come back in and they put in this deed restriction or contractual restriction so that whoever buys the contract can only stay at the home resort and they can't go do any more 11-month switches or they can't do any more seven-month switches, okay, into another resort, which is generally what members do. We tend to book our own resort at home at the 11-month mark in our home window advantage. And then at seven months, we'll flip over and go to another resort that we want to go try out. And if you're a resale Riviera owner, you're, you better book your home resort at 11 months because it might not be available at the seven-month mark. And that's the only place you can use those points in DVC. So have you heard from members that there's, uh, you know, is that is that preventing people from purchasing at uh, Riviera or is it? actually not affecting it that much for a lot of us it really threw a wet blanket on the resort okay and if you'll go back to my podcast episodes in january ish i did a about a seven eight mini series of interviewing riviera owners because they were getting really beat up in the community okay and remember one of my core values is respect so I don't believe in beating anybody up for the decisions they make. Right. And my, my main ask is make an informed, educated decision about what's best for your family and we'll be friends. So I did this whole interview series with about five or six owners to just figure out why they bought Riviera and address the restrictions. And most of them looked at it and was like, well, we don't ever plan on selling. Okay. And even if we do... I'm going to get my money back out of this. And even if I sell it at a reduced resale rate, um, like Brian Flock from DCL Duo podcast, I interviewed him and he was saying, look, Chad, I'm already staying at a deluxe resort. So the math on this is I'm going to break even on my initial investment in 10 years anyways. Okay. If at year 11, I sell it and I get absolutely nothing for it, I still broke even. If I get minimal for it, I come out ahead. And he looked at it with a really longer-term perspective. And then other people have looked at it and they said, yeah, but I've already got a niece who goes to Disney with me all the time. And when I'm done with this and I can't go anymore, I'm just going to hand the contract over to her. And you can gift a contract to a family member and they'll still keep the direct benefits. So she was like, I don't really care. I'm just going to gift this to my niece when I'm done with it. And she can roll this thing out because I'm buying it in my 40s. Chances of me making it to upper 90s to still be using this contract, not so great. Although I would like to think my kids will be 
rolling me into Magic Kingdom in my wheelchair because I push them in a stroller when I'm in my 90s. So they, they got some paybacks today, right? <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream, Matthew. But yeah, that's kind of how members are, are seeing it. There's people that are like, well, I'll deal with that when I can. And there's people that it just doesn't bother. And then there's those of us that are like me that look at this and go, and you just ruined my whole exit strategy here. And it, it's still an unknown as to what's going to happen with this, although I kind of have some theories on it. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I, I love that long-term view as well. Having been to Riviera, I, when I saw it in pictures, I was um, I was looking forward to seeing it, but also a little skeptical about it. And then when I went to actually see it in person, it, it kind of blew me away a little bit more than I thought it would. And it's it's gorgeous. I love the the Waltz Disney touches that are in there. The area music with the, the different Disney tunes sung in French and Italian. And it's just like it's real, real, really a charming resort, I think, is, uh, is a good word for it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how this might affect the market going forward past past uh, COVID, uh, you know, hopefully when when things get back to normal. Um, and right now, there's yeah. just not a lot of people selling it, right. okay? Because it's still too early on it. The only people that are really selling it are going the, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? I didn't really do any research, anything like that. And so we'll occasionally see a contract hit the market. And they've been doing fairly well, all things considered. They're going for about 130 a point, which if you compare it back to Copper Creek and Polly. It's only about $10 less a point at this stage in the game than what was going on for the other resorts. Now, I think when we hit year seven, remember when I told you 50% of the people want out? Yes. I think when we hit year seven, which is exactly when I bought Bay Lake, when there was that huge exit of Bay Lake owners, I came in and bought my points resale there, which was a great time to buy Bay Lake. I still had 43 years left. I think when we get to that point, I think the market's going to have changed a little bit. Because right now, you've got a bunch of members out there that are still grandfathered in. Like all of my old resale contracts, I can still book at Riviera. They're grandfathered in. It's only the resale buyers after January 2019 that can't stay there. So I think as time goes on and more of those contracts hit resale and start getting into those restrictions... There'll be less people out there that go, oh, well, I have points that can't go anywhere. Because now people are saying, well, I've got all these other points that can go anywhere. If this little contract can only go to Riviera, that's cool. I'll go there every two to three years, and it'll be good. So it's it's an interesting dynamic in the market. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to do a recap in uh, seven or eight years and see what it looks like then. Yeah, <laughs> And I know that, you know, in, in most podcast episodes on the show, especially, I, I ask a lot of, you know, like fun, easygoing questions. And I feel like with something like this, there's a, a lot that goes into the consideration side of it. And uh, so I wanted to make sure to definitely ask some some uh, more hard world questions about if it's, you know, is it worth it? Because I feel like people to make in order to make the right decision, you have to know the pros and the cons to something like this. And of course, even beyond listening to this episode, there's a lot more research to be done. But the other sort of, um, I won't say challenging question, but uh, you know, a consideration to make is using points at different resorts. Let's say you were to 
have a contract at uh, let's say it was at, at Riviera and you have a uh, you know 200 points at Riviera um, I know that there's there's often um, no, there's always sorry you always have the the home advantage you talked about earlier of being able to book using your points 11 months out as opposed to if you're trying to book somewhere else that's not a home resort um, for those points that it's going to be seven months out have you it's sort of a two-part question have you ever encountered someone having trouble using their points at their home resort in that window from 11 to seven months um and then how challenging is it to trade your points for another resort um at the seven month mark or beyond okay so 11 month the only place that i know people consistently have problems are studio stayers at copper creek and so the reason why is we did a, a deep dive analysis on this and we realized that like 62% of Copper Creek buyers bought with the intent of staying in a studio. But when you look at the inventory, it's only 42% of the resort. Mm. Okay. And so those people tend to have more problems than, than most. The other place you'll hear at 11 months is run Disney weekends are insanely popular for studios because those are the weekends where it's like, Hey, I'm going to go, but I'm going to leave the kids. Okay. Or it's, we're just going to do an adult run thing. And so people aren't bringing the whole families to those run Disney weekends. And so the studios sell out really, really fast. Okay. The other point. Yeah. The other time you'll run into problems it's the exact opposite of the demand curve, okay? And it's kind of counterintuitive at first, but when you look at the point charts and you see that time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's the cheapest point charts of the year. And everybody says, well, nobody wants to go to Disney then, unless you're a DVC member, okay? Because if you're a DVC member, that's the cheapest time to go on the point charts and cheaper point charts is equal to higher demand in our economy because everybody wants to, we all have a, a limited finite amount of points and we're trying to get as many nights on property as we can. And the way to do that is to go to cheaper times. Okay. So it's kind of counterintuitive with the demand curve in DVC because members realize, Hey, look, I'm, I have a finite set of points and I can go for eight nights here or six nights here. And they choose the eight night stays. And what about at the, uh, so it makes sense at the 11 month mark. What about at the seven month mark? I know it gets a little more challenging then to swap it out. Yeah. So seven month is somewhat challenging at, if you start looking at like food and wine times, beach club and boardwalk are kind of hard to get a studio there. Now, I'm not going to use the word impossible, but generally speaking, people will buy Beach Club and Boardwalk to get the 11-month advantage to stay there for food and wine, okay? Studios at, at Grand Floridian, incredibly hard to get. Anything at Grand Cal year-round is next to impossible to get unless you own there. And funny story is I, I bought some Grand Cal points, and I went to use it for D23, it was sold out within seconds of opening at the eighth mark <laughs> wow. or at, at the 11th month mark. Okay. And yeah, that was an eye opening thing to me. And I'm like going, well, that kind of makes sense when you look at the fact that D 23 is going on here. I don't know why I didn't think about that earlier. Cause I could have 
booked it three days earlier and booked four nights and had myself covered. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the other power user tricks that you learn from hanging out with the community members. Okay. Some of it's called walking a reservation where you book a little bit before you want to go to get your opening day in and get it held. And then you shave a day off the front, add it to the back, and you just keep modifying it. You get exactly what you want. Okay. That's a power user trick that some people in the community think is pretty shady. Other people think of it's, hey, man, these are the rules and I'm just abiding within the rules. So you be the judge. Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I've heard I've heard uh, time and again about uh, California Adventure. Or, sorry, the Grand Californian being uh, a difficult place to use your points for sure. I guess, um, you know, as we're sort of rounding out the conversation, we, we've talked about a lot of considerations that go into deciding whether it's right for you. It's certainly not an exhaustive list of things to consider. Um, for someone who's who's on the fence, and I know you were on the fence, as you said, for you know, like 15 years thinking about yeah. it, um, what will... Are there any other considerations to take into account, and is there anything you can say that will help people get off from on the fence to to being in the Disney Vacation Club member community? I would tell you, come back in and hang out with DVC members, okay? The My DVC Points Community Group on Facebook, great place to do that, okay? Again, we're a, a community inside of DVC that's respectful and authentic, okay? Those are kind of our core values and positive as well. We're generally pretty positive about Disney, but we keep this mindset that says, hey, look, we're going to keep an open mind to everything and we're going to have some civil discussions about various different topics. And so come back in, listen to a podcast and join the community. That's what helped me was being able to sit down with Sue and get all my questions answered from somebody who didn't have anything to sell me. That's kind of the perspective that I take here is I interview a lot of members on what's their story. And a lot of people love listening to my podcast to either argue with my guest as they tell them, I love Animal Kingdom and here's the four reasons why. And other people love listening to the podcast to come back in and go, oh, well, I never thought of Animal Kingdom that way. But now that I've heard your four reasons why, maybe I'll stay there next time. And... That's my solution to this deal is talk with members, talk with real members, get beyond the sales cycle to real authentic members. And we'll tell you what works well and what doesn't. Absolutely great advice. I was going to have that same piece of advice as well to make sure to join the My DVC Points community. Again, I am going to leave all the links in the show notes. I'll also probably plug it out on uh, social media when this episode airs just to get some more traction that way. Um, but again, I, I felt like this was a topic that was requested so often. It's, it's one of the more complicated topics because it is such a personal decision but I know having, one, an expert who can come onto the show with me to talk about it, and two, a community of people who are, are members and who have been through this process and can talk about it more is a great way to help those listening to make that decision. So, uh, Chad, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today and answer these uh, easier and harder questions about Disney Vacation Club. Well, thanks for having me. 
Matthew. It's been an honor to be here. And I can honestly say this has been a blessing for our family. Just uh, is the go back to your last questions and, and just wrap this thing up. Yeah. Is for us, we know we're going to Disney every year. Okay. This thing now forces us to put it into our financial budget and our time budget. And my family all loves going to Disney. So everything from all three of my kids, my wife, we love it there. And it really makes us come back in and plan this out. My oldest is now 14. And I had this, you know, crutch dad moment not long ago went, oh, I only have four more years of vacations with her before she's off to college. Okay. Yeah. And it was like one of those oh, kind of moments. <laughs> And it was like, okay, where are we going, Reagan? What, what do we want to get done in these four years? And that was a great knowing that we had Disney Vacation Club here, and we're going to check off Alani from the list. We're going to come back in and check off Grand Callaghan from the list. And believe it or not, we're going to save some points up and hit those bungalows and the cabins sometime. Maybe not in the next four years, but they're on our list. So that's what's been helpful and beneficial to us. And I hope your listeners come back in and, and take the time and talk with some members and get their perspective on it, because I think the member community is the number one asset of DVC. Really well put. And uh, like I said, I'll, I'll make sure that listeners know exactly where to go to to uh, to join that community. So uh, thanks again, Chad. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Matthew. that we close out episode 83 of the imagineer podcast i want to give a very special thank you once again to chad for lending his time and experience to discussing and answering all of these questions about disney vacation club and if you are a disney vacation club member or someone who has questions about purchasing disney vacation club i definitely recommend checking out his podcast and his community the easiest way to find it is to go to mydvcpoints.com i'll include a link to that website and all of chad's social media channels in the links in the show notes of this episode so that they will be easy for you to find of course i want to turn the conversation over to you and first want to know number one are you a disney vacation club member and if so what is your home resort if you're not a disney vacation club member and perhaps considering investing in this vacation ownership program i'd love to know what your dream disney vacation club home resort would be including doesn't have to be one of the ones on sale right now it could be a resale contract from one of the older disney vacation club resorts as always you can send me your answers and feedback in many different ways you can reach out to me on social media you can find imagine your podcast on facebook instagram 
LinkedIn, and TikTok at Imagineer Podcast, or on Twitter at Imagineer News. You can also join our Facebook community, the Imagination, or also called the Imagineer Podcast, Disney fan community to converse about this subject with not only me, but, but with other members of the Imagineer Podcast community as well. And you can always send me an email at ImagineerPodcast at gmail.com. If you don't already subscribe to the show, be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button, whether you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other podcast app so that you are the first to know when new podcast episodes become available. And if you have just a few seconds, I would love if you would leave us a rating in the Apple Podcast Store. And if you have one to two minutes, would love if you could leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store as well. I do read each and every review that comes in. We have about 375, almost 400 five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts. And I am so incredibly grateful because that does so much to help our community continue to grow and lets others know who might stumble upon the podcast that it is something worth listening to. If you would like to take your love of Imagineer podcast to the next level, definitely look into the Imagineer Society, which you can learn more about by heading to patreon.com slash Imagineer podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, or you can click on the link in the show notes below for this episode, or go to imagineerpodcast.com and click on Imagineer society in the drop down menu but imagine your society is a way that you can help to support the show financially and in return get perks and benefits including just at $1 a month, which is $12 a year, you still get perks and benefits for membership. And perks include things like early access to every podcast episode, a private Facebook group just for Imagineer Society members, as well as access to my close friends list on Instagram. You get access to my podcast production notes, bonus podcast episodes, monthly video calls, and so much more, all depending on which level of membership you would like to join. And again, you can learn all about it by going to patreon.com slash Imagineer podcast. But perhaps the best thing you could do for the show is quite simply to share it. Whether you share out this episode or your favorite episode of the show or the podcast as a whole, or even some of our posts on social media, whether you share it out to your Facebook or Instagram post or story, a TikTok video, YouTube video, uh, talk about it with your friends, email, text message, whatever you do to spread the word of Imagineer podcast. Uh, certainly helps us to continue to grow this positive, family-friendly community. And I, of course, encourage you to check out our partners. First, The Kingdom Insider over at thekingdominsider.com because Christy has uh, so much to share when it comes to timely and relevant Disney news and, more importantly, accurate Disney news because I'm sure you've seen so many articles that have circulated around social media about things that are definitely happening to Disney only to find out that they're really just rumors. Christy really dispels those rumors and in many cases will reach out to Disney directly to get the information straight from the source and I love her uh, dedication to those journalistic ethics and more than that she has so much great information to share as a lifelong Disney fan as a mom with a couple 
couple of young kids uh, and just provides so much and so many great tips for traveling to Disney and bringing the magic of Disney into your own home. And speaking of traveling to Disney, when you are ready to book your next vacation to Walt Disney World or Disneyland or Disney Cruise Line, Aulani, Adventures by Disney, or any other destination around the world, you should definitely look into Academy Travel. They are diamond earmarked, which is the highest level of distinction that Disney awards travel agencies. And they are the number one travel agency for booking Disney vacations in the US. They've been doing this for over 25 years and can provide a wonderful level of service and the greatest part is that it is all done at no extra charge to you they help to plan out your next Disney vacation can even provide some tips for ways that you can save money on an upcoming Disney trip and again that's at no extra cost to you so it truly is a win-win you can learn more about Academy Travel and request a free quote no obligation by clicking on any of the links in the show notes below to get to those free request forms or you can head to imagineerpodcast.com Com, click on the travel drop down and again click on either Walt Disney World or Disneyland or whichever destination you would like to head to fill out the form and they will get back to you with a free quote again no obligation for your next Disney vacation of course last but certainly not least I want to encourage you as always to go after your hopes and dreams if Disney Vacation Club in particular is something that you would like to consider of course head to mydvcpoints.com And you can learn so much information as well from Disney Vacation Club's official website. And even, I would say, do a tour because I have done a few tours in the past and the sales process is probably the greatest sales process I've ever been through. It's truly just an information session. If it's not right for you at the end of the day, they'll simply say, that's okay. If you have any questions, reach out to us. We'll let you know what those answers are. Um, They might follow up once or twice, but honestly, every time I've worked with or dealt with Disney Vacation Club and their sales team, they are amazing. So definitely consider reaching out to them. So if that's your dream, consider it and look into Disney Vacation Club, but whatever other goals you might have, take that first step today to go after that ultimate dream because the first step is really the hardest. And if you take that first step, each subsequent step becomes much simpler. Just have to do the work and believe in yourself and uh, have a little bit of faith in pixie dust that goes a long way. Remember, as always, that inspiring quote from Horizons, if you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer Podcast. Imagine taking dream vacations from a romantic honeymoon in Hawaii to a fun-filled adventure with the family at Walt Disney World Resort to a retirement celebration in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina for decades to come. With a Disney Vacation Club membership, dreaming is only the beginning. You can collect a lifetime of magical memories year after year. Membership gives you the flexibility to choose when, where, and how often you vacation, while saving on future Disney Vacation Club resort accommodations over the life of the membership as your family grows and changes along the way. 
Whether you're taking a weekend getaway for two or having a week-long adventure with the whole family, you can stay in spacious accommodations at any of our uniquely themed resorts and discover vacations you never outgrow for decades to come. Collect a lifetime of Disney memories with your family each year when you return to Disney Vacation Club resorts at Disney theme park destinations, where you can visit your favorite Disney characters or adventure to faraway locations years down the road with your children and grandchildren. Your membership starts when you purchase a deeded real estate interest in a specific Disney Vacation Club resort.